0: Anybody else? <laughs> All right. I
1: was going to go make some. Thank you.
0: <laughs> All right. We're in Philippians chapter two, starting in verse uh, twelve. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. But now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we're on page five. Yes, five. And uh, we've already started. uh, It's number three. Work out your salvation. We just read it in uh, Philippians 2, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more not in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Just to read the introductory part there in letter A at the top of page five. This is not us working for or earning our salvation, but us standing on God's work in us and working out or manif- manifesting outwardly God's work in us beyond faith in Christ to walking with God and serving God in this world. And of course that's talking about the subject of moving beyond being born again and actually living and living for God, serving God and glorifying Him in this world because that's why we're here. We're not here just to live for ourselves, which you know by default, many of us, most of us if not all of us, <laughs> wake up with, you know, if you let it go, your old man will determine your path. And we don't want that to be. We want to be servants of the Lord. So we already uh, read that uh, letter I there, to will and to do of His good pleasure. And uh, even uh, number one there underneath that is, even our willingness to serve God is His work in us. Our part is to choose to deny ourselves and follow Him. And number two, which is where we left off last week, to will and to do. Letter A there, we already talked about this. Serving God must go beyond the planning stages or it is not serving God. And of course we know, again, that's, that is unfortunately not atypical for human beings to plan on serving the Lord, to plan on living our life for Him. But, you know, you wake up and you have the world, the flesh, and the devil aligned against you. And so our place is to seek God's face. That, you know, the Bible is filled with that exhortation. Seek the Lord. Seek His face. And, and listen, if you ask anything according to His will... He hears us, and we have that which we have asked. So our place is to ask God to help us to serve Him, and then start. And God is faithful to that. So we're moving to number two there. Underneath, uh, underneath that is number two, where it says James two fourteen through twenty six. If you'd like to turn there with me, James chapter four, verse James chapter two, verse fourteen. James chapter 2 verse 14. And so this is a practical application of this discussion of, of uh, faith and works. And so uh, James chapter 2 verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be, be naked and, and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful for to, uh, to the body, what doth the prophet? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by and I will show thee my faith by my works. "...Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works uh, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest then how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect?" And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how that that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as faith as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So a great deal of what James is talking about here is the seeing of faith. <laughs> if someone says, I have faith, I believe in God, because we hear that a lot. If you talk to someone about the Lord and they say, I believe in God, and they say that as a way of justifying that they are good, don't don't worry about me, I'm fine. <laughs> I can't tell you how often I've had this conversation with people, You know, they, they say, I believe in God, therefore, everything's fine, don't worry about it. But there is no outward manifestation of it. You say you believe in God, And yet there has been no direction of your life that agrees with that. Everything else about your life besides what you're saying doesn't say that you're a Christian. Now, listen, I have to say for myself that I was saved as a boy and was not raised knowing hardly anything about walking with God. And so, you know, when she and I met, you know, we were forging our own way, you know, falling down this way, falling down that way. And uh, and yet, by the grace of God, you know, God saved her uh, at what? Twenty four. And, uh, and and, you know, by, by the grace of God, we are here today. And what I'm saying, though, is that to say I'm I am a Christian profits no one. You have to have works that identify you as a Christian. And I think that's a great deal of what uh, what uh, James is talking about here. So he says uh, he mentions here so many things. He says, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. And so if if my life does not in this example, he says, if someone comes in and they're hungry and you say, go be warmed and filled, that sounds lovely. It's a lovely it's a lovely Christian homily. But the man is not warmed and filled by saying, be warmed and filled. It requires something. It requires doing something for him. The Lord Jesus even mentions that, you know, if, uh, if you have a coat and a cloak, then maybe you need to give one to someone who has neither. Listen, this is the application of being a child of God on planet Earth. Let me reiterate also, I don't believe this passage or, or the Philippians 2 passage is by any means saying you must work for your salvation. And you'll you'll see here how he says, show me thy faith without thy works. I will show thee my faith by my works. So again, you have to reiterate because there are people that will get hung up on passages that they think are promoting. Identifying yourself as a Christian is one thing, but they believe that they are justifying their salvation by works. That is not the case. You cannot earn your salvation before or after you get saved. Being saved is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. When uh, the the Israelites asked the Lord Jesus in John chapter six, what must we do? What, What must we work to work the works of God? And Jesus said, believe on him whom he has sent. This is the work of God. And listen, the other the other part of that, too, is no man pulls himself up by his bootstraps, even by faith. Faith is something that God produces in us. And our place is simply to believe. You see, the two thieves, they were crucified each on one side of the Lord Jesus. And when the Lord was crucified and them also at the beginning, those, those both of those thieves, along with everybody else around them, were in opposition to the Lord Jesus. The, the Pharisees, the chief priests, they were they were saying these heinous things. and uh, And the Bible says the thieves also cast the same in his teeth. One of them had a major perspective change he rebuked the other thief and said don't you fear god seeing we are in the same position and we indeed justly but this man has done nothing amiss and he turned and he said lord remember me when thou comest to thy kingdom that was what changed his belief in god his faith in jesus christ changed his destiny from hell to heaven and it wasn't by works and just like it says, I believe in Titus, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. And every person who's saved is saved by the mercy and grace of God, not by all things that we have done. I just want to make that iteration in this passage of James. He is saying your faith cannot be seen by simply stating it. Your faith must be seen. Your faith must be seen through living and living for God and glorifying him. And so uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And uh, so, then uh, I've got this underneath that, that works reveal the faith within. And he gave the examples of Abraham and, and, and Rahab. Abraham was a man who had drawn so close to God that he was called a friend of God. It's in this passage. And Rahab served those two men, those, uh, those two spies... That had come to Jericho, she hid them rather than turning them over. Listen, they were enemies of the state of Jericho <laughs> there's no question about that <laughs> those two spies were there on the behalf of Israel and Israel was going to through and God was going to destroy the, the city of Jericho and you have to have a lot of respect for, for Rahab who was living on the wall and was a citizen of the but she saw the writing on the wall she saw where she saw by faith the God of Israel, and it moved her to action. And that's exactly the way every person should be. If you're born again, it should move you to action. And so that's that's really the discussion we're having. You guys all okay? It's kind of quiet. There's so many of you, it shouldn't be this quiet. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord for it. And so I have a letter B in here. Again, Christ gave us His example. So this idea of to will and to do. I want you to turn. This is very important. I want you to see this with me. John six thirty eight. Well, I'll tell you what. If you guys want to turn to Matthew 26, verse uh, 36. I'll, we'll get there in a second. But I'll, I'll read John six thirty eight while you're doing that. John 6, verse 38. Or if you can turn quickly, I welcome you to do that. <laughs> John 6, verse 38. This is the Lord Jesus speaking For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. The Lord Jesus, again, is our example. He says, I did not come down from heaven to do mine own will. And listen, as long as we're on that subject, Jesus' will is perfect. There was no shortcoming in who He was. He was not everything about Him. He was God and man in the same person. But He says this, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Now look at this uh, in Matthew twenty-six. Matthew twenty-six, verse thirty-six. Matthew chapter twenty-six, verse thirty-six. I'll give you guys a second. Matthew chapter twenty-six, verse thirty-six. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And I just want to pause right there and say that Jesus Christ going to the cross was not a it wasn't that he was an invulnerable, unfeeling person who couldn't even feel. No, this passage shows very clearly that the weight of going to the cross was something he felt very heavily. Now, it was not just a physical thing that he was going to suffer. The Lord knew the future. He, He knew everything perfectly. And He was not looking forward to it and the weight of it. In another passage it says, He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. This is an anticipation of the cross. And again, I don't think it was just the physical nature of the cross. I think it was my sins being placed on the Holy God. I think that was at least uh, at least as great, I think more than likely greater than anything else. And so there in anticipation of going to the cross... He said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Now, listen, there's nothing that can come into mind in your life that can ever approach to the level of what the Lord Jesus was facing there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Nothing you and I can have to face that is difficult for us and challenging for us. The thing is, is is as we feel like the christian life is entirely elective. You know, we feel like I don't have to do it. But listen, the bible is very clear. You and if you're saved and born again in here, you fall into the category of we are bought with a price. We are not our own. <laughs> we don't belong to us. And listen the and you've heard pastors say it, many preachers say it, if god wanted to, he could have saved us and brought us home to heaven immediately. We exist on planet earth To serve and glorify God. That's why we're here. And so listen, what we have to do is do exactly what the Lord Jesus said. Not my will. (laughs) Because listen, my will says what's convenient for me. What's pleasing to me. What's good for me. There is no way in which the cross applied in that way. There was nothing about it that was okay or easy or or that wasn't pain, that wasn't the weight of sin, that wasn't being the Lord Jesus, having the Father turned away from Him for the only time in human history and for all of eternity, the Son and the Father were separated. And the Lord Jesus, in anticipation of this, says, He says, if it be possible, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou wilt. Now, as we move on here, verse 40, and he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Verse 43, and he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. So three times the Lord Jesus prayed. And each one of those included, not my will, but thy will be done. It's important for us to understand. (laughs) We do not live on planet Earth for our own fulfillment. We do not live for our families. We do not live for our children. And listen, if I'm going to be a, a man following God, I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better worker in every way. But listen, primarily, I live for God. That's, that's what we are called to do. Anything else, we are shortchanging the one who bought us. And listen, it, it, it is even more true that, you know, you think of a, of a slave being bought off of a slave block. That is more true about us than it is about a person who was bought physically off of a slave block. We are more his people. We are owned by him in a more true way than you could buy somebody with gold or silver if that was a case. We are owned by him and he has a right to prescribe his will to our lives and our place is to say not my will, but thy will be done. The Lord Jesus Christ was our example in this matter. And listen, the Lord forged this path and he had to go through worse things than you and I will ever imagine. And that's not to say that, that the, the Christian life can't be even harder than what you could face if you were facing a physical enemy. There are Christians around the world who are suffering. And they're suffering intense persecution. Their lives are being threatened. If you're a Christian in a Muslim country, you're essentially an enemy of the state. And it's accepted that you could be an enemy of everybody. Everybody. There are Christians there. There are Christians in China. There are Christians all over the world who are suffering in ways that we do not understand. Listen, Christians in America are facing persecution like never before here. But we're not facing to the same degree what people are physically in other places. But regardless, <laughs> regardless of how that plays out, none of us will face anything like the Lord Jesus did. And yet there I said that, you know, there there is real real, intense Christian suffering, but every Christian is involved in spiritual battles. Listen, every one of us, if you're born again, and especially if you're living for the Lord, people identify you as a Christian by your works and by your words, then you will be an enemy of Satan. And listen, and it doesn't matter really where you are spiritually. If you're serving God, you're going to have a bullseye on your head. That's true. But you know what? If you're not serving God, you're also going to be a... Uh, We are going to be weak prey. Say, you know, the the lions, they don't hunt the fastest antelope. They generally hunt hunt the slowest. So it's very important for every one of us to understand there is no benefit (laughs) to not living for God. And, you know, our flesh, we we wake up and our flesh is weak, like, like Peter, James and John were in this passage. The Lord said, watch with me. And found Peter and them asleep. And he said to Peter, Could you, couldn't you watch with me one hour? And of course, they, they were tired. And and, and, and and again, look, listen, the flesh is never ready to serve God. Never. Listen, that's why we are told to crucify the old man. So the old man does not exert control or influence in us, but it's God's work in us that guides us how to live for the Lord and bring glory to Him. And so he said, not my will, but but the Father's will be done. And so, let her be here in your notes. The salva- salvation starts on the inside, but is not meant to stay only there. And I, I, again, I just don't think it's uncommon at all that many people are content to be saved. I, listen. That's a, that's a not to say the, the to say it, it's the very least way you could say it. That's a flawed mentality. We are saved to serve Him and saved to glorify Him. And it's here in your notes, Matthew 25-26. And this is of the, of the subject. Of start, salvation starts in the inside, but is not meant to stay, only there. And so this is the Lord Jesus speaking. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, and platter and that the outside of them may be clean also so he says you you are focusing all on the outward appearance but the inside is filled with extortion and excess that's who you are in the inside you're a you're a base hypocrite <laughs> you have on the inside you have all these false motives and these terrible things that you're guilty of and he says thou blind pharisee cleanse first that which is within the cup And by the way, what he was telling them, they couldn't do anyway. It would have to be God that would cleanse them within. But he was telling them, you need to be concerned with what's on the inside, that the outside may also be clean. And that's the other thing is so many people says, well, I don't have to. I've I've heard this more times than I can count. I don't have to go to church. Any any outward thing that you say a Christian should do, there should be a change on the outside. We shouldn't look and act like other people. And now suddenly you're a legalist. Because you say we shouldn't be like everybody else. <laughs> we should be. The Bible talks about in Peter, uh, you know, to be ready with an answer for every man that asks a reason of the hope that lies within. Somebody identifies something about you that's different. How are they going to do that if you look and act just like everybody else? They're not. <laughs> and so anyone saying we should live and follow the Lord and have a change in us that other people we will find uh, compelling to ask a reason of the hope that lies within. Brother Albie? That's why like
1: you say, <clears throat> I don't have to go to church. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to church Would you all want to. You don't
0: have to serve the Lord Would you want to. Well, and, and that, that's the thing, though, is we, we talk about it like it's elective, but the Lord says to forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. Okay, yeah, you don't have to to be saved, but it is God's will. That is a commandment of God. And again, serving God. It's it's not it's not elective. It's what God tells us to do. It's like when Jesus came, there was nobody in heaven that was qualified to do this. Amen. And God wanted us to have salvation. Mhm. Right. And Jesus volunteered to be that
1: sacrifice because He knew that's what the
0: Father wanted. Amen. And so to be
1: true to Him, right up through death and agony right. and all that,
0: that should want us to serve. Him. Absolutely, we should we should we should want to follow Him, and that's what the Lord Jesus said. You know, <laughs> to 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 lay down your lives, uh, take up your cross, and follow Me that's what we're to do we're to we're to to crucify or you know and and there's just it needs to be said succinctly <laughs> and that's why the bible uses term terminology like that crucify the old man and i think that a lot of us are constantly trying to make arrangements with the old man <laughs> and you can't i want to i surely want to yeah yeah. I can
1: only
0: do it with him Amen, and and Paul said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and, and you see Paul say the same thing. I think it's Romans seven where he says, "O wretched man that I am." He says, "So then I with uh, I you know I serve the Lord, uh, but, but there's an old man in me. There's an old man warring. The Bible uses that terminology, warring. The old man is warring with the new man." And and it's trying to uh, to pull me away from God, pull me away from serving God. And so, uh, yeah, Paul says the same thing in Romans 7 where he says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. And so uh, I recommend you read that if you haven't seen that recently. It's a it's a beautiful passage and about how we, just like Albie said, we cannot serve God except He should empower us to do so. Our place is to yield. Yes, Lord. You know, the Lord... Again, it doesn't matter whether we do or not. God is calling us all to live a life of service towards him and glorifying him and not ourselves, and not anybody else, not living in the world and of the world, but living for him. And uh, and so many of us are are fighting off the world's draw on us and and pull on us. And uh, and so if we will hear God's commandments, say, Lord, uh, I want to be obedient to you. I need you to help me because I can't do it. And any man who's found himself in the flesh weak and frail, listen, that's 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 just like the rest of us. There's no man, no no person, no woman, anybody has ever found it within themselves to be able to do the things that God tells us to do. I think David, uh, thank God about David. We we read Psalm 18, I think it was Wednesday night, and David said, uh, "By my God, I have run, run through a troop, By my God, I have leaped over a wall. Now, listen, David did not become a great man of God, did not become a great soldier king, but by the grace of God. The Bible says that God made him great in the eyes of everybody throughout the world. God did that. And listen, everything that God is doing in our lives, He is doing. It's not because you and I are are turning over a new leaf or pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. It's the grace of God. We simply yield to it. And every child of God, every day, every minute of the day, you're either yielding to the flesh and the world and Satan or you're yielding unto to God. And at every point and whatever God calls us to, he tells us to follow him, to to obey him, to yield ourselves unto him. And he gives us grace to go to go down the road. But if we listen, if you're not yielding to God, you're gonna you can't serve two masters. You can only serve one master. One, and so I think there's a lot of Christians who sabotage themselves by dipping their fingers, uh, toes in the waters over here and dipping their toes in the waters over here. You can't have a Christian life that brings glory to God like that. You can only give yourself wholly to the Lord and follow him and get and and look to him to give you the grace to live for him. Okay, so um, I have uh, this note that God's will is that we uh, clean Within and without. I couldn't read it. <laughs> that we be clean within and without. And again, that goes back to the people who say, Well, you you Christians who believe you need to do this, this, and this, that's all legalism. And I am I am set apart from that. <laughs> they almost say it like they've arrived, you know. <laughs> I can I can tell you how how far I am above you by the fact that I do nothing that you say we should do or that the Bible says we should. It's not about what we any of us say anyway, it's about what God says. And so, listen, when you talk to people about these things, listen, if they if they don't if they don't want to do it, if they don't want to walk in that way, that's that's their decision. You know, but I I, I think we need to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord presents himself and is the good shepherd. And so I'm I'm a sheep and his pastor. I need to follow him everywhere he goes. It's, it's not complicated at all. It's simply a matter of of yielding ourselves unto Him and being His people. So I have this note underneath that. How does Christ within benefit the world if we do not do God's will? Not by words, but by action. And so um, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, I want you guys to see these. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. So Deuteronomy, of course, is a and, and, and a lot of times it's a restating of the things that happened in the, or the restating of the law, things like that. And so this is some, repeating some of the history of Israel. And so it's in Deuteronomy, chapter four, verse five. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that ye should do so in the land, whither ye go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do, do them Lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. And lest they they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb. When the Lord said unto me, gather me the people together. And I will make them hear my words. That they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth. And they should then that they may teach them their children. And so this passage is very clearly stating that it's God's ways in which we walk that separates us from the world. You know, it's it's God's commandments, God's ways, His His will for our lives. You know, it's it's. <laughs> we got to change that, man. Ten forty is too early for that. <laughs> Can we change it to ten forty-four and forty-five seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, it stopped. You
1: think
0: you'd close up in the <laughs> seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, somebody had the remote? Somebody must have had the remote. Okay. Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> okay. So anyway, it's, it's God's will, God's ways. Following Him. You know, following the Lord Jesus' example. That's what's going to differentiate ourselves from the world. Not just saying I'm a Christian. And, and not just saying I go to church. Not just showing up within church walls. And I don't think any, I I hope nobody hears like that anyway. But the point is, is it's Christ within. It's God's power in our lives. It's his ways that we follow. That's going to differentiate us from the world. And, uh, okay. I think we, we finished up where we, okay. Let's go ahead and stop right there. We're going to shock everybody. (laughs) Okay. well, we'd, we'd have to start a new section, so I don't, I don't want to do that. All right, we have a, a minute or two. Anybody have any thoughts or questions before we close in prayer?
1: In, uh, in Luke, when the uh, uh, John the Baptist is baptizing and the people are saying, okay, what do we do once yeah. we've repented? Right. What kinds of things do we do? And instead of giving them a huge list of things yeah, some basics, kind of crazy... It's things like, if you've got two coats, yeah. give one away to somebody that doesn't have one.
0: That's where I was thinking of that. Or be content
1: with your wages. Yeah,
0: and soldiers don't fight. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> you know, how, many, how many people are just, they work, they're content, they don't gripe and complain with everybody else about not being paid enough yeah. and all that sort yeah. of thing. And just, just little civilities that mm-hmm. actually make you stand out. They don't have to be, I yeah. mean, there are going to be some things that are going to be substantial, more yeah. substantial. But a lot of it is just the little day-to-day things. Mm-hmm. And what comes to my mind is, what, how, what's my attitude with things regarding my neighbor? Mm-hmm. When when there's a little infringement, right. you know, do, am I going to make a big deal over the leaves? So am yeah. I going to make a big deal over this or that? Or can I get past that? Right and realize that the relationship's more important than you know their branch fell in my yard
0: right and that's that's often where things fall is you know something bothers me there's a there's a there's a, a response within me that's provoked by hey you you know you you parked a little over on my lane <laughs> yeah. or something like that you know and instead but there's again it, the flesh is just there and that's why if you if it's not crucified if it's not And that's also in terms of, you know, if you're out of practice of walking with God, you know, then it just doesn't even occur to you to give unto others and to let them have place. You know, Um, and and our our place is to to be like Christ. And that that certainly involves more than than just uh, just the. the, the 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 some 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 bigger things that you see in the Bible it involves like you said the smaller aspects of our life as well as the bigger aspects and as our we're closing up now and uh, so uh, and as the world gets darker and darker and people become more and more and I and, and this is what we're seeing in our society over and over is when the society gets so far away from God that that they start pulling on you everywhere in society to be disobedient to God to be, you know, just fitting in the grooves with everybody else, then I think more and more and more we're going to stand out. I think if, if you're going to if you believe these things and it and it affects your life, then more and more and more we're going to be aliens to the world around us by by default. When the world wants to go off a cliff and we don't go with them like we all tell our kids, <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's the thing is. And again, it, it, it all goes back to this, this idea of walking consistently with God. And, uh, and, and not having to, you know, have some milestone or something to wake you up to, to turn around and, and do things God's way. Brother Bob? I'd say that I've been here about 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. I've been here to find love in, and I
1: love my brothers and sisters
0: in Christ. And
1: for a church, it was the religion acts to be in Christ as being part of the church. Sure. Yeah. And not,
0: they feel that they're not part of and, yeah. and that's just important yeah. as important I see. I don't keep
1: meaning to say it over and over
0: again, but it's, it's mm. one of the so important. Yeah, and, and, uh, and James talks about this, that if you see a rich man come in, you say, hey, come sit in this good spot. And somebody who's not a rich man, someone who's poor, you know, and they say, you go stand in the corner. You know, you go sit underneath my footstool or something like that." that. That giving honor to someone because they... You know, they might benefit you in some way. That's very unChristlike, and and so we are to love people, just like Bob said. We are to love people and be welcoming to them, and uh, and and that's the other thing too is to not not look for them to clean up before they get here. You know, let people you know come in and uh, and and be blessed and receive from God, and so we need to look for God to do that among us. Okay, that's Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for who you are. And uh, please help us that, uh, Lord, you be at work in our lives in such a way that people can't miss it. Please bless in the coming hour for your glory. Be with Pastor Ken. Give him words to say. Give us open hearts and ears to receive from you all that you have for us. We pray for your glory in the coming service and for the need of every soul. And uh, thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.